Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose here. We are on a journey. It's a continuing journey right in this beautiful venue of Louisville, Kentucky. We have been here conducting interviews with people who are making a difference throughout Indian country and beyond. Across from me, really no difference. We're talking with folks who represent Union Springs Academy in upstate New York. It's great to have both of you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Now, some of my listeners, they know... uh, a number of individuals who've been on this show before as guests. I'm thinking of a couple who are graduates of your program. One is Bob Burnett. Bob, uh, actually one of the founders of much of what I do. He actually was the one that came up with the idea of American Indian Living Radio and Magazine. And many of those who tune into the show know Bob's uh, name. He graduated from your program. And then just very recently, we had Catherine Halbritter on the show. Catherine uh, shared her journey into medical school, and uh, folks said, wow, Union Springs Academy, what's that all about? Hilde, first of all, tell us who you are and what your role uh, is there at the academy. Uh, yes, my, um, uh, my role at the academy is a, a principal and uh, business manager, um, overseeing all the uh, operations for the school. So, Hilde, how long have you actually been there uh, at the academy? This is my um, uh, fourth year uh, going and um, uh, working for uh, Union Springs Academy. Excellent. Now, sitting next to you is someone else who uh, I know has a close connection with Union Springs. I've just had the privilege of meeting Sarah. Sarah Coleman, tell us a little bit about your connection with the school. Hello, my name is Sarah Coleman, and I'm actually a student from Union Springs Academy. Um, This year, I have been elected as essay president, and I'm just glad to be elected and just help um, start leadership in our school. Our school is very big on leadership and just having a diverse, wide family, and we want to spread our message across the world. Wow, so you're the Student Association president for the school. How long have you been there at Union Springs? About two years. Okay. So are you junior, senior? Where are you at? I'm coming into my senior year. Okay. Well, congratulations on both your uh, academic achievements as well as your election to the uh, head of the SA. Hilda, folks who have heard about Union Springs, we mentioned a couple of, uh, of graduates who have been featured on American Indian Living. Uh, they know by that, if they know Bob Burnett or, or Catherine Halbritter, that these are uh, folks who are uh, Native, so you've had a variety of Native students as well as students from a variety of other backgrounds. Tell us just how diverse your campus is. Uh, oh, yes, we, we have students from, um, uh, I can say, all over the world. We have students to, uh, from um, um, India. We have students from uh, actually coming from Brazil. Um, we have students from um, Neymar uh, in most of these students, uh, our students coming from, uh, from upstate New York. Oh, okay. 
Sarah, are you from New York State? Yes, I am. I'm from Washingtonville, New York. Washingtonville, New York. Now, I'll be honest with you. I did live in upstate New York for a few years. Some of my listeners, if they've been listening regularly, they say, where has Dr. DeRose not lived? But I did live in upstate New York for a while. But I don't know where that particular town is. Can you help me geographically? Do you know where Newburgh is? Yeah, or, like Beacon, yeah. Newburgh, yeah, that Newburgh, area? Yeah, Hudson Valley area. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So you're right around there, huh? Yeah. Okay. Interesting story. I first got involved in syndicated radio at a radio station in Newburgh. Yeah, so all very interesting. Okay, so you brought me back to my uh, connections with <laughs> New York. So let's go back to the school now. I have never been on the campus of Union Springs Academy. I've been hearing some wonderful things. And actually, one of your colleagues here at ASI is someone I knew when I was uh, living and working up in uh, New England, Jonica. Jonica showed me an aerial photograph of your campus. And I didn't tell her this, but I, I could have thought, is this Photoshop? I mean, it really <laughs> looks like a beautiful campus. Is this true? It, it is a beautiful campus. Uh, we are right at the bottom of the, uh, of the hill, uh, we can tell, of the Cayuga Lake, uh, okay. in the, in the Finger, Lake, uh, Finger Lakes area. Um, no, that's not a Photoshop. It's, it's, it's that, that is the, the, uh, how beautiful our, our campus is. We have about, uh, I think it's over, over 300 acres. Uh, really? Wow. Moment, so, um, and uh, we have beautiful brick uh, buildings. Mm -hmm. We were established in 1921. 1921? Uh, yes. So wow. uh, we, in a couple of years, we will uh, be celebrating our, our 100 years. So. Well, this is nice to know that it's a, it's a stable facility, it's not just a fly-by-night place. It's likely to close its doors tomorrow. Is that safe to say? Yes. Yes. So, Sarah, you've been a student there for uh, two years, correct? Yes. So what have you enjoyed about Union Springs, and why, even more importantly, should someone listening today have that on their radar screen, especially if they're in the, the Northeast or maybe from anywhere in the country? I think it's like a sense of family and inclusiveness because mm. coming from another school to this school, I felt like I can learn without being judged. I felt wow. like I can be included in anything. Even if you don't make a certain basketball team or a soccer team, you are always included. You're always asked to come to practices and learn more, and it's just a family. That is great. So I'm gathering by where you stand as a student, a senior, and the fact that you were there two years, you started your freshman year at another high school. Yes. And uh, I'm assuming Union Springs is probably a larger high school than you started at? No. Actually, um, my high school before was there. But I think the thing that it was smaller was better for me. Mm -hmm. More of a family, more of a if more opportunities are at Union Springs Academy because of that reason. You know, it's interesting to me, as people look at education, they often look at buildings, they often look at, oh, you know, special programs, special this and that. And uh, I was just talking, actually, uh, in a social setting with a family and was just telling me the terrible encounters that their children had in the school system, especially their, their oldest daughter, how she was marginalized and was, you know, demeaned and was being bullied. And she got to the point where she was extremely depressed, just uh, wanted nothing to do with school. And then she got into a, a smaller environment, a more nurturing environment. And within a short time, she was loving school. She was thriving. So this is a storyline that I've heard yeah. before. And you really saw it played out in your own life, didn't you? Yes, very much. 
So, Hilde, tell us um, from the perspective of uh, leadership, what drew you to Union Springs? Four years ago, I, uh, I was uh, the principal for a uh, boarding school in Texas. Okay. Um, and um, the, uh, they, uh, the board uh, were decided that they uh, actually they didn't have a uh, business manager at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so they, uh, they, they, they called me to come in and, and work uh, in the New York uh, area. So, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a good school, uh, and I decided to come this way. So, uh, so you first came as the business manager. Yes. And when did you transition into the kind of the head uh, role? Two years ago. Okay. How has that transition been for you? Um, it's uh, it's been good. It's been good. It's, it's you know like any any other position, they had challenges, but uh, it's extremely. Um, we have a a, a good team of uh, of professionals that, mm-hmm. that we work with. Uh, we have a, 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 a good team of teachers uh, that they are dedicated to uh, to make sure that the students are are learning their material. So one of the decisions that people have throughout their educational career, if you will, is where to go to school. And a lot of times those decisions are made by parents or they're made by grandparents. Sarah, you've told us some about the personal benefits of being at Union Springs, the family atmosphere. Sometimes people will listen to that and they'll say, well, that's what we hear about a lot of schools that are kind of inferior. You know, they're emphasizing the social aspects, but they're not really getting all that good in education. I know it might be awkward, you know, as you're sitting here with the head uh, leader of your school in the form of Hilda, but what do you think about the academic training you've been getting, especially since you had exposure to another high school? Um, I think it was really great, and it was a real blessing for me because academically, before I came to Union Springs, in my math and sciences, I wasn't doing that well. Mm. And I feel like that's a struggle that a lot of kids do have these days. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a lot of teachers are teaching the subject and not the student. Mm. But at Union Springs Academy, you're teaching, you're teaching everything. You're teaching the subject. You're teaching the student. It's, you get to learn on a different level. So what I'm hearing you say is that you found the teachers at Union Springs take a personal interest in you. It's not just covering the material, but they want you to comprehend and succeed when it comes to that subject. They do everything in their power to fit your needs. So if they see you're lacking in a certain part of their class, they will do everything to help you get better. Excellent, excellent. Hilda? Yeah, if I can add to that, um, we are a small school. Mm -hmm. Um, This year we're looking for 71 students. Okay. Um, We also have a dual credit classes uh, with one of the uh, um, elite uh, universities in Michigan, uh, Andrews University. Really? Our students can take uh, uh, college uh, credits while they are uh, in high school. Wow. So when they graduated from our school, they will have already uh, maybe – Anywhere from a uh, first semester to a uh, one year in a college credit. So, really. are you going to get a chance to take advantage of any yeah. of that, Sarah? This year, I'll be taking a dual credit class in English. Oh, really? So, basically, when it's dual credit, you get credit for your senior year of English, but you also get freshman English credit at the college level. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And it's actually through Andrews University. Yes. yes. Okay. So we got some great opportunities there. How about in the practical realm? Because some kids say. 
you know, I don't know that I want to go to college. Is this clearly one of those college prep schools where your focus is just on the academics, or are there opportunities to learn a trade or things like that at Union Springs? Um, we are in the process at the moment. Actually, two summers ago, we uh, we taught a, a, a technical uh, pharmacist uh, a program. Wow. Uh, uh, we are in, uh, in the process of uh, this coming year, we're starting a, a Cisco networking uh, class also. That class will prepare the student uh, to take the uh, Cisco networking security system if they decide. Wow, so you're saying that someone could come to Union Springs for high school and they get this training that Cisco trains IT professionals yes. throughout the, the country, throughout the world on, and they'll get that certification, they could actually get a job with that training? Yes, if they decided that they want to take the uh, the, the certification later on, uh -huh. yes, that, that class will prepare them for, for that. Wow, wow. So you've got some high-powered IT stuff. You've got the basics, the, the English, the sciences. I want to ask Sarah this question because you, you mentioned, Sarah, you know, challenges with math and science, and, and that is an area where many students struggle. Um, of course, other students struggle with other disciplines. Other than the personal attention, the, the teachers gave you? Do you feel there was anything else that made learning those subjects easier, the ones that you struggled with? Um, it's just the way this class is set up. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not anything where there's a competition. You're not feeling weird to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So there's a zero tolerance policy, so there's no bullying, there's no nothing. So you don't feel weird asking questions to your teachers. Great, great. So it, it also sounds like it's a more collaborative environment with the students. Yes. That is really great. Believe it or not, our time is just about gone. We want to make sure people know how to track you down. So give us some contact information for Union Springs. Yes, uh, they can um, uh, contact us by phone. The phone is 315-889-7314. Um, or they can uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, we have some... Uh, videos on YouTube, um, and um, also our website is www.unionspringsacademy.org. Okay, let me make sure that I got the two most critical things, and that is the website unionspringsacademy.org, and then the phone number 315-889-7314. Okay, that is that correct? correct? Yeah. Okay, so... Thank you to both. I know you've got a booth here getting a lot of interest in Union Springs. For you folks who've heard about Union Springs before, some of the graduates being featured on American Indian Living, hopefully you can connect some more of those dots together. We've got more coming up on American Indian Living. We do have to step away just briefly. I will be back with more from the venue of Louisville, Kentucky. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. 
For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose sitting across from me now in this venue, Convention Center in Louisville, Kentucky, is James Hartley. He's the vice president for Wildwood Health Institute. James, it's great to have you with us. Happy to be here, David. Thank you. James, you are associated with an institution that I had the privilege of working with some years ago, at least uh, in oh, a yeah, full-time that's right. capacity. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you give me the privilege, you and your extended team, to uh, do some things in collaboration over the years. So I have a high regard for Wildwood. Oh, thank you. For those who don't know Wildwood, yeah. tell us uh, how long you've been around and what you guys have been doing. Well, Wildwood Health Institute's been around since 1942. So it's, what is it, 77 years now. So wow. it's one of the longest running programs of its kind. It's, it's a country retreat that's 10 miles outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're on 600 acres of property and we have a beautiful lifestyle center where we do 10 day, like reconditioning programs. So people come with diabetes, with hypertension, heart disease, um, cancer, uh, early stages of cancer, insomnia, uh, depression. And a host of problems that we put them in a very natural environment. Um, we have healthy food, vegetarian uh, food, exercise programs that get consultations by our physicians. So it's a medical program, but it's it's laid out and designed more like a like a more like a hotel than a hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's more like a wellness type center and. Um, and so when our guests come in, we do a, a lab work, blood work on day one. And after 10 days, it's amazing how blood, the blood will change, uh, over, over a 10 day period of just, just changing what they eat and changing, um, you know, their lifestyle. Because a lot of the diseases that we get, as you know, are a result of poor 
uh, eating habits and, and lifestyle habits. So we, we seek to educate our guests. Um, we don't call them patients. We call them guests. They're, it's more of an educational program, mm-hmm. but it is medical. They get blood work. They get a physician a consultation and a set plan for them individually. And we have coaches that bring them through it. Each day they walk them through their schedule, uh, their exercise, their walking. It's all outdoors in a, in a very, you know, outdoor, natural environment. So it's more peaceful. A lot of our guests come from the city. It's stressful. And we try to surround them with a loving environment. And that emotional support, you know, seems to help with their healing as well, with the, the better food, exercise, movement, and uh, the kind of natural treatments that we provide for them. Because we, we try to relax them with massage. We do hydrotherapy, which is like a uses of, of hot and cold water treatments. We have mm-hmm. a sauna. We have a, uh, jacuzzis. Um, and we do these, what we call um, hot and cold showers okay. in this chamber where you go into that's got 12, uh, I don't know if you, I mean, you've heard of this, but uh, there's 12 shower nozzles. We call it the human car wash. And you, you go inside this this uh, this uh, this shower room and you get blasted from all directions. There's nowhere to hide. And you get a nice, well, it's nice in the beginning. It's a nice warm mm-hmm. shower that gets a little hotter and hotter. And then after three minutes... Uh, things change drastically, and the water turns ice cold just for a 30-second period. And uh, and then we switch it back to the hot for another three minutes of hot, and then we go back to a 30-second blast of cold. And um, it's, it sounds like torture, but it's actually very relaxing because at the end of it, your body is very relaxed. And people that have insomnia, often they'll fall asleep afterwards, a little mm. massage. It stimulates the, the circulation, and uh, it, it brings a lot of healing. So. We try to use more natural things, mm-hmm. right, in our in our centers. No, it's a tremendous message that you're sharing, and I'll just tell you personally. When I uh, first showed up on the campus of Wildwood, I was actually a medical student doing an elective there. Okay, okay. And it was just uh, transformative to see a patient. One of the first patients I met showed up there. Back then, in those days, he had heart, bad heart disease. You know, they were doing bypass surgeries and stuff. Mm. This guy didn't want any of that came on this campus having terrible angina, terrible chest pain, just walking across that small parking lot that you got. I mean, it's not oh, wow. a vast parking lot, having really bad chest pain. By the time he finished, just a few weeks later, he's walking seven or eight miles wow. on those beautiful yep. trails yep. that you have there at yep. Wildwood. Yep. And this was um, not what I was seeing in the medical center okay. where I was getting my training. So. Mm. You guys have been doing this natural medicine for years. It's impacted a lot of us. I I think of Dr. Neil Nedley. I know he spent some time there and I think a similar phase in his career early in his training. So a lot of people impacted by what you're doing at Wildwood. So we're so thankful that you're continuing that vision just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. But this was not the trajectory. If someone knew you growing up, they would not say, oh, James Hartley, He's going to be the vice president of a health institution <laughs> when he's uh, no, you know, hits the age of thirty <laughs> or whatever you were when you uh, when you ended up there. Tell me about your background because that's fascinating too. I think it gives hope to our listeners. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you know we focus on such a natural lifestyle and a vegetarian diet. I was I was raised by a, uh, my my father was a butcher. Okay. And so when he, when he came back from the Vietnam War, he got into uh, the meat the meat packing industry. And then opened up his own business. His name is Mike. So his, his business is called Mike's Meats. Okay. And so, you know, when he came home from work, he had blood on his jeans, 
chunks of raw meat on his boots mm. with a belt full of knives. You know, he was a scary guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he would bring me over there, and I'd look around with huge eyes like, wow, watching uh, cattle getting, you know, ripped, ri- ripped in two. Uh, wow. Pigs getting killed, and, and as a child, I didn't really like the environment very much. As I got it to be a teenager, he'd bring me there to work, mm-hmm. and it was hard work. You know, he's he's a hardworking man, and he taught me the value of hard work. So on weekends, I'd have to go clean out gut barrels, and uh, which is a nasty, dirty job. And uh, as and I had to kind of graduate into uh, you know packing uh, hamburger and then making hot dogs and and uh, sausage, ring bologna, summer sausage, and uh, ham and and mm-hmm. bacon and all all of this stuff. So I was in charge of the smokehouse. Then I became a sausage maker, and so I was one of his his, his top sausage makers at, at the place. Okay. <laughs> so this was while well, I was in high school, like on weekends and in the summers, and then uh, yeah. So to see where I am now, he's still you know like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've changed course, but you know when I was um, when I got to be about eighteen, nineteen, and I and I went off to college, and I started hanging out in different crowds and, and getting involved in different things. I was really seeking for something different. I didn't want to be a butcher. I was quite sure of that. Um, I got into the music scene and uh, started hanging out with really hippie crowds and um, researching Eastern religions, Eastern philosophies, and wanted to do more of a natural kind of way of living. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So I, I was kind of a city boy, really, mm-hmm. but I, I was drawn to the country and uh, I felt like I was something was wrong with society, and I just felt like nature was just more in order mm-hmm. than humanity. So a lot of my native listeners are saying, uh, you know, we can relate to this. I mean, <laughs> okay, you know, connecting sure. with nature yeah. and, and uh, you know, something beyond the artificial, the yes. built, the yes. uh, you know, all the the, the human focus. Yes. So basically, as we're listening to your story, we're saying, okay, so. We can relate to someone, you know, wanting to to connect with nature, the creator, whatever, looking for something, sure. you know, more meaning and purpose in life. Yeah, well, well, nature, regardless of background, I mean, nature speaks to humanity in in its own way, and and I was just drawn to its peace. I loved hiking, backpacking, um, and so you know, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was just a kid, and I and I knew very little. Um, so I was just—I started volunteering on different um, organic farms. Oh, interesting! And uh-huh. uh, a buddy of mine went following this—you know—this rock, uh, this psychedelic rock band to Europe, and um, he ended up finding an organic farm in Italy. Okay. And it was—it um, was run by a Christian family, mm-hmm. which we were not. You know, I was raised a, a Christian, but I—I I really had very little interest in in. I didn't see any value in the, in, in, in the Christian religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I was far more interested in more like Buddhist philosophies or Eastern philosophies at the time. I was reading those types of books. Um, this family was, was Christians, but my, my buddy, he, he, uh, he, he was open to them because they were really living off the land. It was okay. really impressive. They, uh-huh. they, had a, they were up in the mountains of Italy on an organic farm above the pollution line. They had their own uh, water source beautiful farm of olive trees fruit trees persimmon um a big farm of uh, they grew their own wheat corn spelt um big tomato garden 30 30 different kinds of tomatoes and herbs they'd make all their own food from scratch so oh, they, nice. they they grind their own flour make their own pasta by hand uh-huh. wheat bread by hand 
um, sauces. You know, everything was fresh. And my friend was just loving it, loving mm-hmm. it. I mean, the food is fantastic. Okay. So he has a great experience there, and he comes back, and he actually skipped all these concerts. He was going there to see these concerts, oh, hitchhiking really? all around, but he, he only went to one, and he went to this, this this farm property. He just loved it so much, he just thought he would, you know, hang out there the rest of the time, three months. So basically kind of earning his way. He was working yeah. there. and Yeah, there's an organization called Woof. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I've not. World, it sounds kind of funny, right? Woof, woof, like a dog, but it's... uh. World Organization of Organic Farmers. Huh. Woof. So there's woofers. Okay. So me and my friend, we were kind of like, we were kind of woofers. A uh-huh. woofer is a, is someone that travel the world. There are thousands of organic farms mm-hmm. around the world in almost every country that's a part of woof. Interesting. And, uh, you can find these farms and they're all open for people coming through and volunteering, working half day and, uh, for room and board. Wow. So that's what, so that's what my buddy was doing. And, um, so, then he comes back, and I'll, and I'll uh, l- let me just share in a second here uh, about what, how, how I got involved in all no, that. No, no, we want to hear this. We're listening to James Hartley. He's sharing his story of, really, life-changing story. James is currently the vice president at Wildwood Health Institute. We've got more coming up from James Hartley on this edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more right after this. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 
1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose, if you had not heard of WOOF, you're like me, learning about the, what is it, the World? World Organization of Organic Farmers. Okay, and helping me out with all this terminology and the acronyms is James Hartley. He's the Vice President of Wildwood Health Institute. You were telling us about this farm in Italy. Your friend was there, had this amazing experience, and he doesn't want to just keep it to himself. He shares it with a young James Hartley. Right. So he comes home from his this great experience in, mm-hmm. in uh, on this farm in Italy, and I thought he was crazy. When he came back and I asked him how the concerts were, because that was my focus, you know, he's like, oh, I spent all my, the whole time on a farm. I'm like, hey, we were from Wisconsin. You know, we're surrounded with farms. I mean, you could have right, done that right. anywhere around here. Why do you go all the way there to sit on a farm? I thought he had lost his mind. Uh, but uh, he tells me about it, and I actually struck uh, struck an interest in it because the way that they were living off the land, and he explained that these were very spiritual people. And I wanted to grow spiritually. I just didn't know how or what that meant. And so I went with him over to Italy, and um, and I spent three months there myself. Okay. And I just just to check it out, you know, uh-huh. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just a you know young guy, and and I was a big time meat eater. I mean, I my diet was terrible. I was fast food, pizza, hamburgers, French fries. You know, I was drinking quite a bit of you know alcohol, beer, and and you know uh, soft drinks and all of that. Terrible schedule. I had a terrible lifestyle. I mm-hmm. actually didn't know. I was never educated. On uh, the, the importance of lifestyle, so it didn't even cross my mind. Even though I was interested in, you know, the natural living and stuff, but in Italy I had a new experience. I got out farming in this place and eating their food, and um, you know, the more, you know, I just felt different. My 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 body seemed to get energetic. Uh, my mind became to more clear, and um, yeah, so I just had a great experience there. Well, well, I'm really concerned, though, about your first few days there. I mean, was it like a total culture shock? I mean, did the food taste terrible? I mean, what? No, no, it, there's no way, David. I mean, it, anyone would think this food is amazing. It was, oh, okay, it was, okay. It was some of the best food I've ever had in really? my life. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it was a, it was a professional Italian chef. Okay. That was, that was taking farm fresh, organic, fruits and vegetables. I mean, it was out of this world. Now, we want to hear your whole story, but I want to fast forward to, to Wildwood because at Wildwood, people come to a totally different environment. Yeah. And is it true that you, kind of from your experience, are trying to give people that same sense, even though they're experiencing at Wildwood a totally different diet maybe, to have that same appreciation you had to say, this is different, but it's really delicious? Is, is that part of your yeah, goal? Yeah, and I can sympathize with them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I, I can't say after I left that farm that uh, I always enjoyed vegetarian food right off the bat. Actually, coming back from Italy, it was eating vegetarian food around the U.S. It wasn't nearly, a, it wasn't quite as good. It was, right, there, right. I, had, I, I still had a lot of challenges, you know, becoming a vegetarian, but I, I had made that decision that I was going to do that and get involved in this kind of work. And, and, and I wanted to be on a country property because um, I, I just found a lot of healing myself mm-hmm. in that experience. And so... Um, I, w- I was, you know, I got acquainted with uh, with Wildwood Lifestyle Center because it's actually loose, loosely um, connected with this farm in Italy. Really, and the farm manager knew about Wildwood. Interesting, and interesting. So, in fact, when I was when I was in Italy, there were these Americans that were doing some sort of health seminar locally, mm-hmm. and I went there, and it was Dr. Roby Sherman. Okay. And so the first American like in- involved in this I met was 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 Dr. Sherman. Who was there at Wildwood at the time? She was. Okay. She was traveling in Europe, and I just uh-huh. happened to run into her. Wow. Which was really odd, you know. She uh-huh. didn't go there hardly ever. 
But um, so I found out about Wildwood, and I came down after we got home. I came down to check it out, and um, ended up joining the staff. So that was 20 years ago. I was I was 22 years old at the time, and um, so yeah, I'm 42 now, and I've I've been a part of their their um, their program for for 20 years now. Wow. And so yeah, lifestyle guests that come in. I know the challenge of change of habit, change of diet, mm-hmm. but you know we try to be, we try as hard as we can to make the best food. And if the food is good, our, our cooks always do a great job. It, it's not so hard. Ninety percent of them really don't have any problems. Some of them are just a little bit have a little bit of a complaining spirit, maybe, uh-huh. or you know they're a little bit uh, negative at first. But uh, you know usually they warm up to it. And you know making making change, it's not the easiest thing, but. Uh, but if you stick with it in those early stages, uh, you know, like what I've noticed was when I went back to eating meat after being a vegetarian for a while, you know, like it's like my taste buds changed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you know, and I used to drink cow's milk all the time. But now if I if I drink cow's milk, it just tastes really strange. Hmm. I've been drinking soy milk for, for so long. Uh-huh. So uh, I've just found that, that uh, your taste buds can change. And... Um, and so you just got to stick with it. So you need a lot of encouragement, and that's why we're there. So for, like, your first hardest two weeks, you're surrounded by people that are rooting you on. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're cheerleaders mm-hmm. behind everyone, you know. And some have worse addictions. Some are smoking or drinking or, or on some drugs that, that, that also sometimes come to our facility uh, for a change, a needed change. And, um, you know, and... Uh, to be surrounded by a, a good atmosphere is, is really important in that, and a lot of love. You know, it takes it takes a lot of love to uh, to uh, you know to, to really impact people's lives. So, um, so yeah, Wildwood is is still continuing after 77 years of bringing healing to people, and not just physically, because our, our our focus is 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 the healing of of the whole person, uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And so, you know, we want to create that kind of loving, spiritual type environment and um, just really encourage people to feel valued in, in the Creator's sight, you know, to know that you are created for a reason, for a purpose. There's purpose in your life. You can minister to others. You can change other people's lives. So the guests that come that get helped, we try to focus their minds towards leaving there to share these blessings with others. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you've got a program there at Wildwood, like we've been talking about. Been there for many years, a lot of success, a lot of uh, people have been impacted, whether they're staff like yourself uh, or like I was there, or people coming for these intensive lifestyle change programs. You also have a training program there too, don't you? Oh, yes, yes. So what is that all about? If someone's uh, tuning into the show today, Sure. They may not be at a point where they need an intensive lifestyle change because of diabetes or high blood pressure or heart disease, but they're saying, well, this kind of sounds interesting. I'm not ready to go to Italy, but uh, what's going on at Wildwood? What would you tell them? Yeah, so you know, Wildwood is connected with, what, about 50 lifestyle centers around the world, and where do you find workers for all these places? Mm. You know, there's Wildwood is, so we found early that we have to have our own school to train people for this type of work because it's so specialized, it's so specific, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, in, a, in a way, it's kind of unusual. It's not your normal type of program. So we, we have an educational program that teaches people and trains them to become lifestyle coaches. Okay. And from a natural perspective, so we teach them nutrition courses, 
how to reverse disease through lifestyle intervention, preventive medicine, natural remedies. We teach them massage, hydrotherapy, herbal medicine, um, along with, you know, spiritual classes, um, Bible classes, and, and so forth, and how to work in the community because mm-hmm. it's all about not trying to get all the, learn all of this information for ourselves. We really believe that happiness is found in service, mm-hmm. service to others. Mm-hmm. So we teach, you know, the best way to live for our students, and then we teach them how to share that with others. So we teach them community, um, health education, um, how to set up health clubs in the community, uh, that for just health education, health expos, cooking classes, seminars, but then also specifically how to be health coaches in lifestyle programs, which there's a growing number of those. Mm-hmm. So here, so here's a question. So a lot of people are listening to this. They're saying, we've heard on American Indian Living and in other places about all kinds of training options for people. Okay. One of the things that I like about Wildwood is it's a relatively streamlined training, isn't it? We're not talking about a four-year college degree right. or something. Right. How long a program is it and how economical is it? Our introductory course is only six months. Okay. So we want to make it as easy as possible. We have... We have refined that course, and it's been going on for the, that six-month course we've been teaching for 30 years now. Wow. So, we stre- yeah, you're right. We've streamlined it, and we've tailored, we've improved it and ironed out as best as we could. I mean, we, we don't know how much more it could be improved. So it's mm-hmm. a very steady, consistent program that's proven very effective. Most of our staff, we hire out of that program. Okay. Um, so it's a, like a six-month crash course in, in uh, preventive medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a one-year advanced program for those that want to get deeper. But so we break it. We like to break it up because not everybody has a year or two years, or you know other programs that are much longer. So we we just want short courses. It's it's cheap. It's it's like four thousand dollars for the whole program. Really? And you can come and you can work at Wildwood beforehand and work off the whole tuition. You can come for a year and you don't pay anything. So so wait a minute. So someone's listening right now. They have no money. They're excited about learning more coaching skills. They don't want to do something online. They want to go to a place where they're really getting hands-on training. They're hearing about Wildwood, and they say, I can come there and work and then actually be working toward I'm getting my room and board, and it's going to pay my tuition to That's do the right. program then? You can come with empty pockets. Really? That's right. So you work in our lifestyle center, and you get experience doing that. Uh-huh. And that helps pay off your tuition. Then you, So you work for six months. 40 hours a week, a regular work week, and and then you take the six-month course, and there's no out-of-pocket cost to you. So we don't want anyone to leave our program in any kind of debt. We don't allow it, really. You either pay for the course or you work. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, you don't uh, loan anything. And so, yeah, it's, yeah Wildwood is an advantage to have our, we have a, our health food store that produces enough profit and income that, that students can come and work and that actually can pay for their tuition. And then... You know, they learn more about this type of type of ministry while they while they're working. So it's mm-hmm. students that go through the work program always are more advantaged than the ones that just come in and pay cash for the course. Mm. So yeah, it's a great it's a great opportunity. Well, you've been telling us a lot of great things about Wildwood, folks. Some of them hearing about Wildwood for the first time. How do they get more information? How can they find out about the school, about the health program, and all that you do there? Yeah, well, I hope everyone will visit our website. That's obviously the, the easiest, the best way to, to do it. So if you, maybe you all can write it down. It's wildwoodhealth.org, wildwoodhealth.org. And on that website, you can find out about our lifestyle center. You can find out about our school program, our natural food store, our farm, and get uh, pictures and see what the property is like, the programs, the costs. 
you know, you can just, just tour around and check everything out. Give us a call. You know. So, James, some people don't have Internet access. I know it seems hard to believe in this day and age, but uh, some of our listeners, they're listening in remote areas, but they can get on the phone. If they're going to call one number, what number should they use? It would be 1-800-634-WELL, W-E-L-L. So 1-800-634-WELL. So if you want to get well, give us a call at Wildwood. Okay, so basically we've got the website wildwoodhealth.org and then the 800 number, 1-800-634-WELL. James, some folks who've been tuning into this episode have been saying, wow, I really need to improve my health. I need to do something different. Others have been saying, I really need a a training program. I I want to do something. I want to bring it back to my people, bring it back to the reservation. Uh, Speak to that student, that potential student. They're saying, why should I go across the country to Wildwood? Maybe they're in the Southwest. What message do you give them? Well, there's, there's no more fulfilling life than a life of service. Learn how to help others, right? This is what we're there for, to equip you to be able to minister to the needs of others, and you'll never have a more fulfilling life than that. And if someone is out there discouraged with your own personal health situation, it is never too late, right? So give us a call, and things can turn around. It's just amazing how the body can heal itself if we are willing to change. And we just wanna, I just want to encourage you all on that. So bless you, and thank you for the time, David. Thank you, James. That was James Hartley, Vice President of Wildwood Health Institute. We've got to step away from the mic, but we will be back with a final segment on today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't miss it right up after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's one 800 775 Four six seven three. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. 
Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Across from me, a farmer from the heart of Indian country, Oklahoma, Alan Seiler. Alan, it's great to have you with us. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. We've been enjoying recording these segments from the venue of ASI 2019 here in Louisville, Kentucky. And a lot of folks who have been tuning in have been enjoying the various uh, guests that we've had. Uh, this show has been no exception. But I think it's fantastic that you were willing to come and join me here in the very uh, very closing segment of, uh, of, of this meeting and this show. Alan, here's a, a huge question. And... Um, I'm glad you're here. First of all, a lot of people are saying that the younger generations are not interested in traditional practices. Farming is one of those things that comes up. Uh, you are farming right now. Is this because it was a family business? Your dad told you you had a farm? No, no. Uh, quite the contrary. We really haven't. I mean, I guess if you go back far enough, every family has someone that was involved in agriculture. But as far as the the recent uh, last two generations of of my family, no one that I really know of has seriously been active in, in any type of, you know, agriculture that you're actually selling, you know, maybe personal garden, but nothing nothing to the scale of actually selling, trying to sell product. Uh-huh. So how did you get interested in, in gardening? Is this a kind of, in, in farming specifically? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, it was kind of, a, it kind of just happened, I guess. Um, I mean, we had we tried to have a garden when we when I was younger, um, but everything kind of failed on us. And if anyone's familiar with growing in Oklahoma, it can be a very challenging climate uh, to try to grow in. And so, um, you know, we had a lot of failure when I was young, and, and kind of put away the, I don't know, the fork or the shovel, you could say, for quite a few years. But but um, one time I was rummaging around in my my grandma's garage because she would. My parents didn't like her just giving us stuff every time we went to her house. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so she would, like, hide things in the garage and say, hey, you can go in the garage, and if there's something you'd like, you know, then you can take it, right? She, so it was kind of like you know <laughs> okay. how grandparents work uh-huh. uh, in, in some ways. And so I was doing my routine check of the garage to see uh-huh. what type of things she might have put in there, and I ran across a Black & Decker gardening book. Hmm. And I opened it up, and it had really nice pictures and stuff, like some gardening books, but I'd never really seen a gardening book, believe mm-hmm. it or not, before. And I just thought it was fascinating because it, it talked about principles like putting things back in the soil to make things grow better. And that had just never occurred to me that that was actually a process. I was so disconnected from actually how this kind of stuff works. Uh-huh. And it, it just piqued my interest. And I ended up reading the whole book, which is really interesting because I had a very difficult time reading when I was young. Mm-hmm. And so to think that I would actually read through an entire book was something new. And it just, I don't know, it just caught my fascination that there's actually scientific principles that we can apply to actually make things do better. And it was like, it gave me hope. Like, hey, we don't have to be always stuck with failure in regards to agriculture. So how old were you, do you think, when you read this book? Mm, I would have been probably between 13 and 14. Really? So the, you're this this uh, young teenager. Yeah. Um, most people would think teenagers wouldn't be interested in gardening, but your attention is captured by an informational book about gardening. Yeah. 
I think the pictures initially, and then it's like, I got to read this type of thing. That I don't is, know. It's just kind of crazy. Oh, no. So this, this is amazing. So, and, and why this is fascinating to me is we're speaking about improving health, and so much of it has to do with what we eat. True. And there are so many challenges, especially in more arid and hotter places, and a lot of Indian country has some right. of those challenges. For sure. So Oklahoma, you're challenged at first uh, some of this. You're getting some uh, early education. And where does it go from there? So basically, I read through that book, but it wasn't sufficient enough. It was still mm-hmm. running into challenges, problems, and I wanted to, to improve. And so I ran into a family by the name of Dysinger, and they own a farm out in Tennessee. And I, um, I set one of them down, one of the brothers down, and I had all these questions, right? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. usually when you get into anything, it's like it just makes you ask more questions, right? Okay. And so I heard that they were farmers, and I was like, Okay, he's a farmer. I'm going to ask. So I line up all these questions, right? Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and he kind of leans back in his chair and looks at me and says, here, write this down. And he writes down. And so I write down a list of books. And he basically says, read these books and come back to me if you have any more questions. He didn't answer any of my questions. Really? He just okay. said, try these books out. And so I bought the books. And so How I many went, books? Oh, I think it was probably three or four books. So how old are you at this point? At this point, I was probably... I was probably uh, 15, so it was like You're a year. 15? Yeah, it was a year later. And he gives you a list of books. He gives me read. a list of books. I think the average 15-year-old would probably say, forget it. Is that what you said? No, we bought the books. And really? I, and okay. I ended up reading through, through all of them. No way. Um, I, the, the majority of the books by, were by an author by the name of Elliot Coleman. And if anyone's interested oh, okay. in like beginning organic uh, farming, uh-huh. uh, the New Organic Grower by Elliot Coleman is a great starter, okay. I think. Personally, having yeah. lived in Maine, I heard uh, Elliot Coleman's name many times. Yeah, no, he's a he's a definitely a, a big influencer in me wanting to take this up. I think actually reading his book, uh, one was called the uh, the Four Seasons Harvest, which is kind of a uh, uh, a write up of his travel in France and visiting different farms in France that were doing this, and it mm-hmm. was really well written. He's a very good writer, actually. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was an English teacher before he became a farmer. So the quality of the writing of his books are very good. Uh huh. And um, but after that, the new organic grower kind of introduces the business principles behind what he was doing. Okay. And that, reading through that book was like, wait a minute, this doesn't just have to be a hobby. Maybe this could actually be a lifestyle. And that really piqued my interest. Uh-huh. So you, you're getting this interest in organic farming. You're living in Oklahoma. Right. Uh, I've On a tried, rock hill, actually. Yeah, I've tried to grow things in Oklahoma, right. too. And, and there's some unique challenges there. But um, where do things go from there as a 15-year-old? So... I read the books, and I come back with questions. Okay. And at this point, they open an internship on their farm, but they won't take me until I'm 18. Okay. So I'm 15. So basically, I, I proceed to, to start up a small market garden on our property in Oklahoma, which I think you've been there. Yeah, I have. I have. I've and been to your place. It's like six to eight inches of, of topsoil and then, like, limestone bedrock. Wow. Okay. Wow. So we proceed in the next like three years before uh-huh. I go to Dysinger to excavate roughly a quarter acre of land of these rocks, uh-huh. put them in a pile so we have enough soil to grow in. Okay. Um, so, uh, it, and that really gave me a lot more questions, a lot more experience to try to apply stuff. Got, had a lot of great mentors um, uh, in Oklahoma too. Noble Foundation's not far from where we live and they, they helped out, us out a lot too. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, that's in uh, Chickasaw country. And um, so, yeah, it was uh, – so then after that, when I'm 18, I actually go to a six-month internship on their farm uh, near uh, about, uh, I would say, an hour south of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I come back and start really more officially on our land, which we did for another 
roughly three years. And then we've just recently bought 20 acres along the Washita River um, near a little town called Doherty, or Doherty, Oklahoma. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, and, okay. Uh, that's where we are today, and we're running Better Together Farm there, and we've this is our second season on our new location. Better Together. Better Together Farm. There's got to be a story behind the name. Yeah. So um, my, uh, my, my grandfather uh, basically immigrated from South America to the United States, and he, at school he was working with a guy making, it was kind of a, uh, a veggie meat factory that he was working at, and there was a guy there that was his boss, and anytime they needed to lift something heavy, he said, Lopez, it's, it's better together, it's better together, you know, type of thing. Uh-huh. He would tell us this all the time while we were farming. And just one night where we were trying to think of names for the farm, and it's like, hey, what about Better Together? Because we wanted to do it as a family, okay. not just as an individual. So what better kind of thing to use as our motto and to remind us that it is better together? So you are how old right now? 25. So you're 25 years old, and you've got like 10 years of farming experience. Yeah. Yeah. If someone, If someone in Oklahoma said... I'm excited by what this guy is sharing. I'd like to try it. Are you available if someone wanted to give you a call or drop by and see your operation? Yeah, we've actually even um, um, we've we've actually done a, a few classes actually with with, with the Chickasaw Nation. Um, mm-hmm. They actually have a farmers market program, and they've invi- they invited us a few times to speak at that. And then um, there's a guy by the name of I, I hope I get his name right because if he hears this I, I hope it, I get it right. His name is Stephen Bond, and he's in charge of like the young. Uh, Future Farmers of America for uh-huh. the Indian Tribe, and he invited us to to speak at one to one of their uh, their meetings there, where they bring Indian young people uh, to together, and we were able to share our story and, and try to encourage them that you know, look, th- there is still future on the land, and it's exciting, and not only it's not just uh, hard work, but it's it's technical and scientific, and there's there's a great a lot of great things that can be done even in Oklahoma. That is such an exciting message. So if someone did want to contact you, is is email a good way to do it, or how, how could someone reach you? I would just tell them to go to bettertogetherfarm.com, and they should be able to find all the information on there uh, to contact us. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very passionate about everything to do with farming and um, would would love to talk with them. And, yeah, super, super stoked about it. Bettertogetherfarm.com? Yeah, just remember our name, bettertogetherfarm.com. Alan Seiler, our time has just about slipped away. Any final message for someone of any age who's thinking of getting more connected with the land and growing things? Yeah, it's um, just think of think of this as by the year 2050, our population is supposed to increase by 50% in the world. So the need for food is going to be more important. And less than 1% of the population in the United States is actually involved in agriculture. So there's a big dearth. So it's a really neat career that's going to be needed because as a lot of old farmers transition out, we need new farmers to fill the spaces, and it's such a fundamental thing. Tremendous. Great message. Great message for Indian country and beyond. Alan Seiler, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for asking me. We've got to run. That's it for today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose, as always, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.